Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back to Mood with Lauren Elizabeth. I'm Lauren Elizabeth. And for today's current mood combo, I cannot even believe I'm literally saying this, but we are joined with Gabby Bernstein, a New York Times bestselling author, motivational speaker, spiritual leader, and podcast host. She has written nine books, including my all-time favorite, The Universe Has Your Back. And her newest book that just came out is called Happy Days. It is the guided path from trauma to profound freedom and inner peace. And we are going to talk all about it because it is definitely different from her other books. And I don't want to get too much into it because like I said, we will talk with Gabby about it. But what I do want to say before we even jump into anything else is like, I cannot believe we have Gabby on the podcast. She came into my life as just an author, as just someone I follow on Instagram, someone I look up to at the exact time in my life when I needed it. And her book, The Universe Has your back helped me so beyond much. It just felt like it literally fell into my lap at the exact right time. She teaches primarily from A Course in Miracles, which is also something that I kind of, I don't, I've never read it in full, but it's another book that I really relate to is also based off those principles. And one of my closest friends that mentors me through kind of my faith and spiritual life also relies heavily on A Course in Miracles as well. So she's just someone that I look up to so much in a sense of kind of just a personality on the internet in a sense of helping people, but then also just as a human being, the way she lives her life and all of her advice. And she is truly an incredible gift to the world. And I just cannot believe we get to sit down and have a current mood combo with her. And at the end, you guys, it was the craziest experience of my life. She actually walks me through like a guided therapy session. It was absolutely insane. Like I cannot believe it. I was in shock afterwards. I was speechless and I like tried so hard not to cry, but it was extremely powerful and moving. And I hope that you guys can kind of get that sense when you are listening as well. I will post that content over on Instagram at mood with Lauren Elizabeth in video form, because I want you guys to really kind of like see almost like the look on my face because it wasn't like I was scared, but you could definitely tell that like things were happening inside of my body and I was having like a serious spiritual experience. And I just feel so honored that she did that with me and lucky. It was absolutely insane. So now that we're obviously feeling it, our moods are boosted just from being so grateful and expressing our gratitude for someone that I know you guys all love her as well. Let's just jump right into best mood of the week. 
my best mood of the week obviously came from that conversation. I was extremely nervous to do this interview because I do look up to her so much. And I, you know, I feel like a lot of you guys can relate of when you just work something up so much in your head that you don't want to be nervous and do a bad job. And so I told myself kind of the friend that I just mentioned, who's a mentor and just kind of like soulmate, literally friend level soulmate in my life. I told myself because she's also so just like spiritually aligned and so wise. I said, just pretend you're talking to her. And so I end up having this amazing, amazing interview with Gabby and I text my friend and I say, I literally told myself to pretend that I was talking to you and it actually helped calm me down. I had Gabby Bernstein on my podcast. And of course my friend was like, oh my God, why didn't you fucking tell me that this was happening? That's literally insane. I'm calling you in 20 minutes. I end up having literally a three hour conversation on the phone with one of my best friends in California who has helped me beyond like any level of friendship ever, like gone above and beyond to literally take me under her wing and guide me through like really hard seasons of my life. And so we end up having this amazing conversation just about obviously what Gabby and I talked about and just kind of catching up and everything. And then really talking about how I kind of want to tell my story and how I've been feeling lately. And she just reminded me how I'm truly being led and things don't happen to me. They happen for me. And it was just this day full of serious alignment and a restoration and faith and just having all of the faith and hope and love that I already have in my life, just like intensely right in front of my face for like a four hour period last week. And I felt so just confident and calm. I felt at peace. I felt really empowered. I felt inspired. It was genuinely this best mood of being extremely vulnerable, putting myself out there in like multiple different situations and just really trusting the process and like letting whether it's the universe or it's god or it's whatever higher power anything greater than yourself just trusting that and being vulnerable to it and just reminding yourself that you're okay and that you're being led and that there is something you can do with everything that you think happens to you because it's really happening for you and it was just like the literal best mood of my entire week i felt so so grateful going to bed that night i was just like wow i am so lucky. I am so blessed. I cannot believe today was real. I feel just on cloud nine, genuinely. But don't you freaking worry, you guys. Keep in mind that was a four-hour period. And I was thinking in the car before recording this, I thought, should I just like do my worst mood of, you know, anxious, depressed, the usual? And then I thought, you know what? Let's switch it up. You're probably sick of me being depressed or anxious and you want a different worst mood. So I'm going to go on a little rant about what my worst mood is of the week. And I'm going to take accountability for my part as well. It basically was, and I feel like this is like a general thing. You guys know that sometimes like a mood booster is like those small acts of kindness or sharing a smile with a stranger, a quick conversation, like all of that stuff. You know, I love it. I was walking the dogs today 
And my dogs are stubborn as hell. They're two French bulldogs. They're really annoying and they're hard to walk. And so we're like turning the corner. I'm trying to throw something in the trash. Stella's going one way, Nugget's going the other way. And this lady on the street goes, wow, taking up the whole sidewalk. And I looked at her and I said, I'm so sorry. And keep in mind, like, I'm also just like trying to make sure my dogs don't get, I don't know, run over by a car. So I look at her and she gives me the dirtiest look and she like makes some other rude comment. And I looked at her and I said, I said, I'm sorry. And then she makes another rude comment. And I'm telling you like the anger that filled me up. And this is where I take accountability because it's like, I shouldn't let this person affect me. And like, obviously it didn't actually affect my day. I just was kind of like thinking in my head that it might be, I don't know, a fun, worse mood to talk about. Yeah. Like the accountability is I can't believe she made me want to also be rude back. I'm so glad that I didn't. But then of course I keep walking and I'm just like in shock. I'm like, how can you be so rude? There is so much shit going on in the world. And I'm literally taking up a part of the sidewalk for a mere 12 seconds. Like that's what your priority is going to be is like literally putting out negative energy onto someone else who's actually also just being kind and trying to get out of your way. And so I bring that up as a worse mood because sometimes I just think people are rude and they're not nice. And I think obviously we have to remember that A, it doesn't ever have anything to do with us because that's their prerogative. That's the way they live their life. And who knows why? I'm sure there's something else going on. I always give people the benefit of the doubt. I'm like, you know what? I'm sure you've had a really horrible day and I'm just going to be nice. But like when someone does something like that, you know, when you just feel like, oh my God, I want to be like, why are you such a fucking asshole? (laughs) But obviously I'm not going to say that because then I would be stooping to her level. So it's my worst mood because it makes me just really sad and really mad when people are really rude for no reason. Like it actually, and it makes me mad that I get mad about it, but like it makes me so mad all the time. And I feel like it does actually weirdly happen a lot in the city, even though everyone in the Midwest is actually categorically so nice, but sometimes I'll just be like driving or walking the dogs or doing something and people are just so rude. And I'm like, I don't understand why, like why are you so not nice? Like it is so easy to be kind and it is so much more fun to be kind. And so that's my worst mood of the week is letting people make me mad for their meanness. I don't even know if that was grammatically correct, but basically I'm trying to take accountability for letting it affect like even, you know, five minutes of my day. And also we understand that like not everyone's going to be kind all the time. We all have our moments But I just feel like sometimes these little things get to me and I'm just like, all I try to do is go out, smile at everyone. And then you just have an old lady screaming at you on the sidewalk and not like a crazy old lady. Like she was definitely in her right mind. You know what I mean? Like she was just being not nice. So thank you to that woman for um, just, you know, like ruining that, uh, that little strip of my walk. And we're just going to like leave it in the past and learn from it and think, huh, that really made Lauren sad. Let's make sure to not do that to anyone else because now we know how it feels. You know what I mean? I don't know. I just don't get why people are mean. I'm going to stop going on the rant now. But see, it was a rant because I could keep going. But we're not going to let it affect us. We're going to be the bigger people and we're going to be kind. Please be kind with me. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Relationships take work, especially the most important one you can have in your life your relationship with yourself. A lot of us will literally do anything to go help someone we care about. We'll go out of our way to treat people well, but how often do we give ourselves the same treatment? 
I kind of talked about this last week, you guys, or actually, I think I talked about it on Instagram, where we need to like really figure out how to show up for ourselves and take care of ourselves because love is an action. And I think that I was literally driving today thinking I would drop anything for anyone in my life at any given time. I do not care. And it really makes you think like, how are we investing in ourselves? Right? So this month, BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you that you matter just as much as everyone else does. And therapy is a great way to make sure you show up for yourself. I always tell you guys, I do not skip therapy anymore. There was obviously an anxiety phase where sometimes you're just like, I don't know. I don't feel like talking, but I just show up. I always show up. It is a non-negotiable in my life. I know I will feel better after. I did not want to talk to my therapist on the phone yesterday, but I knew that I would feel better after and I did. And it's a non-negotiable and I can write that down in a list of like, how am I loving myself? Because love is an action and I took an action to make sure I do therapy. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp online therapy. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Mood listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com mood. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com slash mood. Okay, guys, for mood boosters this week, my first mood booster was having a movie night in with one of my best friends. It was just such a nice change of pace and snuggly, and I just love those moments where you just feel almost childlike. That word you're going to kind of remember when you listen to the current mood combo, I promise. And yeah, I just kind of like looking back at the week, it was just something where I was like, oh, I'm so glad that we did that because sometimes it's... Obviously, I love dressing up. I love going out to dinner. I love going out and doing all that stuff. But sometimes it's so nice to just literally be with your best friend and snuggle in bed and eat popcorn and watch stuff on TV and giggle and show each other TikToks. Like it reminds you of being in high school and not having all these fancy dinners and work and all this stuff to do. And so it was definitely a mood booster for me this week because. I don't know. I just feel like as old as I get, I want to make sure I have those moments because getting caught up in being an adult is easy. And it's little kind of just Friday nights like that where you just feel so warm and snuggly and young and chill. And it's just literally the best. My next mood booster is actually those non-negotiables. Like I'm really proud of myself because I always talk to you guys about just doing the thing you don't want to do anyway, not because you should, just because like you have to have non-negotiables in your life, okay? Even after, like since I've been doing this for a few weeks now, I've noticed that I will get in my head and be like, oh, I don't want to do this. And since I already kind of put in the work of making it non-negotiable and doing it anyway, I now just literally go on autopilot to where... I will be literally saying, like I just said, in my head, I don't want to do this, da-da-da-da-da, coming up with excuses, but my legs are literally moving and going to do the thing. Like, I think a mood booster is realizing that I think I've developed habits, so it's really cool. It's like a cool feeling. I, I feel like I haven't had habits 
that are so routine and so long just because everything's so scattered and we're always all over the place. And even though I'm not doing 100% every single day in a best mood every single day, I found myself that doing all these small things because I've trained myself to do them as non-negotiables and they're really adding up and I may not want to do them, but I go do them anyway. I'm glad after. And I'm just like, that really wasn't that bad. Like, wow, I can't believe I was so tired. I went and did a workout or I went and just cooked this or whatever it is anyway. Like even sitting on DoorDash being like, I'm so lazy. I don't feel like cooking. I just want to do something. And then like 15 minutes later, just all of a sudden I'm up in the kitchen, just getting it over with and cooking. And I'm just like, who am I? It's a mood booster when you see that kind of change and you see the work that you've put in really become those habits. So I encourage you to just like keep going and it may take longer than some other people or other things, but it really is a mood booster when you kind of like look back at your month and you're like, wait, did I develop habits? Whoa. My next mood booster is the magnesium chewables from Dr. Amen. He was on the podcast, uh, Brain Doctor. Follow him on Instagram, Doc Amen. He has just such amazing tips and I really trust his supplements and have always wanted to try them. So I ordered them a little bit ago and I've been slowly kind of trying some of them out. And I noticed, and I was talking to Kayla Barnes about this, who we talked a lot about sleep health on the podcast in our current mood combo. If you haven't listened to that. And I told her after we were done recording, I was like, yeah, I get like 12 minutes of deep sleep at night. And she was just mind blown. And one of the things she did say was magnesium. And we're really deficient in it. Just most of us are just, there's a million reasons why I won't get into, but you're probably not getting it from your diet. You probably need it. And I know that I definitely do. It also just helps you relax. It's good for so many things. And so I started getting back on the magnesium train at night. And I remember that the calm magnesium gummies that I've talked to you guys about before actually do have a lot of sugar in them, which is obviously inflammatory. And it's like, I want my sugar to be something I enjoy, right? So why would I do it on something that's like literally a vitamin? And his have no sugar. They're super easy chewable. Obviously, it's incredibly made. And literally the first night I started taking it before bed, my deep sleep just went up by like 30 minutes, which like, of course, it's still not a lot of deep sleep. But the fact that it was like between five and 12 minutes, and now it's between like 30 and 50, just from taking like one vitamin of magnesium, even though like the recommended dose is like three of them a day. So I'm not even at the full dose yet. I was like, wow, I did not realize like how much my body was really needing magnesium. So it was definitely a mood booster that it's really helping me sleep at night. And it's just like really kind of getting me back to a more rested and healthy space. So I definitely recommend checking that out. And then the total opposite wavelength of that is I've been drinking peak tea. It's P-I-Q-U-E. I used to drink it back in California, forgot about it for a little bit. And I really don't want to be over caffeinated lately because my anxiety is so bad. And I also just love, love, love the benefits of green tea and just tea in general. So I got one of their like matcha green teas because I don't feel like making matcha at home. I'm like not there yet, whatever. And I got the ginger digestion tea. Holy crap. I'm obsessed. I just put like a squeeze of lemon in them. I just do it in a cup of water and they just make me feel so good. They're helping with just kind of all that stomach bloating and skin because there's a little bit of spearmint in it, which is really good for your skin. Like I just feel like the picture of health and wealth when I'm including these in my daily. And like I said, it's becoming habitual. So it's like all of a sudden I'm doing one thing, I'm doing the other, I'm drinking sparkling water. And then I'm like, oh, ginger tea, lemon, duh, let's do it. So freaking yummy, you guys. I'll post it on Instagram because I'm 
literally obsessed, currently loving certified mood booster. Speaking of certified mood booster, you guys know that I love Jenny Kane. I always focus on high quality, but I really love ultra stylish staples because they will last me a lifetime. I will feel good in them. I know I'm spending money in a good place and I just want my closet to be packed with essentials and building that kind of capsule wardrobe of only pieces I love because I'm an adult. So to get me started, I turned to Jenny Kane, the ultimate destination for effortless everyday pieces that never go out of style. And you like don't even have to think about getting dressed. Like you literally go and you're like, oh my God, luxurious, chic, sweater, jeans, easy, done. I can't stop wearing the cocoon cardigan, the cashmere card- cardigan that like everyone's obsessed with. It's like their best selling sweater style that you can pair with any outfit. The relaxed fit makes it perfect for styling every which way. And it's the cardigan like of my dreams. It's so soft. You're never going to want to take it off. My mom's also obsessed with the Shearling Slide sandals, and she's wearing them in California right now. I'm really jealous, but they have all these amazingly cute Shearling stuff. They have a mule, a clog, just the perfect Shearling shoes, and every capsule wardrobe needs some of it in the mix. So you can complete your closet lineup with Shearling footwear that adds like texture and comfort every step of the way. And their Cashmere Fisherman is now available in an oversized style because you know I love oversized. So it's super luxurious. It has the most flattering fit, and it obviously goes with everything in your closet. You guys need to go check out this stuff. It is curated, stylish staples that work with everything in your closet. Adding Jenny Kane to your wardrobe will instantly make you the best dress version of yourself. Every piece is effortless, the definition of California cool. And if you can't get enough of Jenny Kane like me, join Jenny Kane Rewards. Enjoy exclusive perks and benefits like birthday surprise, early access to new launches, plus earn up to 10% back on all purchases. Join today and you'll get 100 points. Find your forever piece at JennyKane.com and get 15% off your first order when you use code MOOD at checkout. That's J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com promo code MOOD. Okay, guys, let's get to our current mood convo with the one and only Gabby Bernstein. Welcome her to the podcast. So I have to say that this is extremely surreal for me. Like, I don't think it's registered in my brain yet because I talked about you on the podcast probably a year ago. And It was at this time in my life when I was just completely willing and ready to like surrender to the universe, to everything and like turn my life and my will completely over. And I've been doing that since that moment. And it was like the exact moment I found your first one, the first book I found of yours, The Universe Has Your Back. And so I talked about it so much because it resonated with me so much. It still does pop in my mind every single day. It's like I the Gabby gateway drug is the universe. It, it literally is the Gabby gateway drug. Like I will be walking down the street and I'll see an owl and I'm like, it's a sign from Gabby because that was her sign in her book. So this is insane. My audience is also like, you got Gabby on the podcast. So collectively all freaking out. And I'm so excited that you have just blessed us with another book, which we're going to talk about. But before we jump into that, I do talk about surrendering a lot on my podcast, but I feel, feel like people may not be either ready, willing, or understanding of what that means. And I would love for them to hear from you kind of what surrendering means to you and for your audience. Surrendering is the practice of forgetting what you think you need. That's exactly what I I believe surrender is. I think that surrender is a practice of establishing a sense of inner faith that there can be a plan better than yours. Mm -hmm. And so do you think too that like 
if people, let's say, aren't even kind of like spiritually available or make themselves kind of available to that. Because I know that even I've had a conversation with my friend too, when I've been talking about all this stuff for the past year and she was like, oh, well, like, I don't believe in that stuff. Mm -hmm. But I always say, well, don't you believe in a something greater than yourself or your ego or whatever? So for the gateway drug to get into Gabby and to get into Happy Days, your new book, kind of what do you say to people that think they're not spiritual? Well, I think that we all have free will in this lifetime. We can choose a path that has a belief system that's grounded in the faith of spirituality in whatever form that comes for you. Or you can not. It's up to you. Hmm. I have found that establishing a sense of spiritual faith has given me a greater opportunity to surrender. So when I say that surrender is the practice of letting go of what you think you need, What I really mean is that surrender is turning it over to a power greater than yourself. And in your book, Happy Days, you talk about, you know, obviously I have it right here, the guided path from trauma to profound freedom and inner peace. And I just started flipping through it. It's so good, but it's so different than your other books. Mm -hmm. It seems more like clinical almost. Mm -hmm. And you talk a lot about like therapy and different techniques. Mm -hmm. So what brought you to kind of like write this type of book? Because it really is such kind of a different, it's still spiritual, but it has a lot of different elements. You know, it's funny. I've I've said in in the book and in other places that this book is (laughs) different than the eight that came before it, but it's actually my greatest spiritual book of all. Mm. Because the true secret to living a spiritual life and manifesting and all the things that we look for in spiritual self-help books is actually not about doing something to get something. It's about releasing the blocks to the presence of peace within. And when we make the commitment to go on the journey of undoing the fear-based belief systems that have held us back, and start to chip away and dismantle the walls that we've built against that peace within, that's when we really begin to change our life. That's when we really begin to see the desires that we want come into form. That's when we become what it truly means to be a super attractor. And so I would really say for somebody, well, the universe has your back or super attractor might be your gateway in, go big and heavy into this book because this book is going to allow you to then go back to super attractor and really amp up your manifesting power. Because our true strength is our ability to face into the places that scare us and come out the other side. Well, yeah. I mean, even in the beginning of the book, it was like something like, this may seem scary. You may want to stop reading it. And I definitely felt that like right away. And the one word that resonated with me too, is you said, um, how you have like the protector and stuff protecting yourself. And I've, I've never used, I, I love when I find a word that really makes everything make sense to me that I really connect Mm -hmm. with because I never thought of it like that. I always just thought, oh, I I shove things down and I avoid things. And I never realized that it was like actually me protecting myself from my own trauma so that I could have, because I've been in survival mode for the past like 27 years. And, you know, I think that it's, you know, this may not be linear, but the trauma that we deal with, I think it's really, really scary. And you kind of lay out 
trauma and triggers and different types of trauma. Cause I think that we also kind of compare our traumas. It's like, oh, mine's not as bad as yours. Like my parents just got divorced, but you went through addiction and all that stuff. So, you know, your trauma is bigger than mine. I mean, how do you kind of separate and figure out what you're actually protecting yourself from then? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We all have trauma, baby. We all have it. We have it big and small, but it all affects us. And I think that some traumas, trauma with a big T, trauma like sexual abuse or trauma like living in Ukraine right now or trauma like uh, living with an alcoholic parent or living through a, cat a catastrophic event, they are more uh, embodied and truncated in our system. And it's a little bit, it's a longer journey to potentially release those, those <clears throat> stagnant parts within ourselves. But when you have trauma with a small T, like a parents, like your parents getting divorced or being told you were stupid by a boy you liked or a teacher telling you you're not good enough, those moments continue to affect your life every single day until you resolve them as well. So we live our life in a constant place of protecting ourselves from those impermissible traumas. And I'm happy that the word protection really resonates with you because all the things that you've built up in your life, everybody listening, me too as well, which I share about very openly in the book, all these forms of coping, while they may look socially acceptable, for me, it was workaholism looked really socially acceptable, writing, writing a book a year, all that looked great. But it was actually, in many ways, that was another form of running and protecting myself from impermissible feelings. And so as we start to witness the ways that we protect ourselves, we begin to look more closely and safely at the parts of us that needs to be, needs to be soothed and supported and resolved and reprocessed. Because otherwise, we will live the rest of our lives running from those impermissible feelings and our coping mechanisms will get the best of us, whether they be addictive patterns, whether they be... Uh, aggressive patterns and relationships that ultimately lead to the demise of our marriage or whether they be uh, fear-based patterns that we put onto our children or they affect our physical body because we haven't addressed it. So we're constantly living in a state of hyperarousal and where our stomach is all fucked up and we're having migraines and whatever it is, right? So if we don't address the ways that we're protecting ourselves, how could we even get closer to what we're protecting? A hundred percent. And you mentioned workaholism kind of being something that's socially acceptable. So what was the journey like for you realizing that that was kind of your coping mechanism or protector? What did that look like? Well, I got clean and sober when I was 25 off of cocaine. And as soon as I got sober, I was became very spiritual, really reclaimed my spiritual roots from my childhood and started to teach and serve. And I was uh, I became from that day of sobriety to the moment that I stepped on a stage to talk about spiritual principles. I've been madly in love with my career, and lit up and inspired and 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 aligned in a channel and a vessel for so much greatness. And so, there was no way that I could see that as a bad thing because it truly wasn't. It, it was never in the pursuit of anything but genuine service and so much personal joy and inspiration. But it was also a way that I was running because the more I did, the less I had to feel. 
And that can be really tricky when what you're doing is doing great work in the world and what you're doing is praised by everyone around you. And what you're doing is, you know, leading you to sit next to Oprah in an interview or what you're doing is giving you number one New York Times bestsellers. That all looks real good. But when you're doing it to an extreme level, without seeking the support that you deserve, or without taking the breaks that you deserve or getting the team that you deserve, then there's something else to look at. doesn't take anything away from all the great work I've done in those, in those years before I was to a place of safety, but I was in a place of workaholism. And that workaholism was another form of running. And I was running from something I didn't even know was there. Mm. In the book, I share very openly about a dream that I had where I remembered when I was 36 years old, I had a dream of remembering that I'd been sexually abused as a child. And when I woke up, it was the most real memory I've ever had in my life. I was just so terrified by it. And days later in therapy, I accepted that memory as truth. And that was when I said, oh, that's why I've been running through cocaine, through addiction, through alcoholism, through work addiction, through love addiction, through all of it. And then that was when I began the next level of my recovery, which was trauma recovery. But we're all running. We're all running from something. And when we become safe enough to be brave enough to witness what we're running from, that's the journey. That's when the journey of real, real transformation begins. Can we as humans, I know we're obviously going to be continuously growing and learning, but can we as humans like genuinely ever stop like running or, or new things popping up? Like I think that especially when, you know, I dive into all this stuff, I get scared because there's obviously that protecting part of myself, but I'm just like, well, something's going to happen. Or like, am I ever going to stop running? Am I ever actually going to be okay? Like, does that make sense? Yeah. My love, listen to me. I've said this a thousand interviews. Okay. My face is on the cover of this book. The title of the book is Happy Days, The Guided Path from Trauma to Profound Freedom and Inner Peace. There's no fucking way in hell I would put my face on this cover if I could not stand behind what it says. I am living in the freedom and inner peace that I promise here. I wouldn't have written this book. I would never have published it. I would never put my name on it. I would never put my face on it if I couldn't say it was true. There is freedom on the other side. There is the capacity to stop running. We have the capacity to end the cycle. We have the capacity to become, to literally change our neural pathways, to mm. reprocess disturbances from our past and change the way we perceive our life so that we actually experience those same experiences with a completely different attitude and energy. It is all possible. I promise that there are miracles, but you got to do the work. You got to open yeah. the book. You got to take the practices. You got to show up for it because these neural loops that we are stuck in really dictate our nervous system, our energy, our thoughts, and our behaviors, our, the way we live, the way we love, the way we eat, the way we brush our teeth, the way we parent, the way we walk. I, I, it, yeah. I mean, it's it's so interesting how freedom and peace and hearing that can still be scary, you know, just being okay sometimes feels scary. But at the same time, I think once you start getting little doses of it, you do want more. And I think when I feel those moments of peace, I'm like, oh, wait, this is actually really nice. I, I really actually... like that what you just said, Lauren, because it's like the little moments of peace. 
the little moments of peace, when we add them up, mm. become the peaceful life. It's not that we rip off the Band-Aid and flip out and then we're of peace, or we just, you know, one day wake up and we're new. Mm. We slowly titrate in and out of the feeling so that we can eventually and safely get to a steadiness and a groundedness of peace. Quick break to talk to you guys about Vegamore. It seems like I was finding more of my hair in my shower drain. Um, I actually had to unclog it. It was like a definitely disgusting moment for me, but it's true. Like it was in my drain, my pillow and in my brush then more than it was on top of my head. And I tried everything, but nothing really worked until I found Vegamore. After three months, my hair is looking thicker and fuller. I see a noticeable difference every time I look in the mirror and my friends and family keep complimenting me on how fabulous it looks. Vegamore is a transformative, 100% vegan, and clean, holistic approach to hair health that leverages smart botanicals clinically proven to promote visibly thicker, fuller, and longer-looking hair. Vegamore's Grove Revitalizing Shampoo and Conditioner Kit and Grow Serum all work together to create visibly thicker hair and improve hair from the roots. It's, like, so easy to use. Just massage the shampoo into your scalp for 60 seconds and then follow with the conditioner. For prime results, follow up with your wash routine with one daily dropper full of the serum. Apply to your scalp, massage it in, and literally you're done. It's that fast and that easy. Vegamore products are an essential part of my daily hair care routine. Getting a little bit older, going through a lot of stress, like I need to make sure I'm being preventative, keeping my hair thick, full, and just absolutely gorgeous. And it's so easy. Literally, it's shampoo and conditioner, you guys. And I just am obsessed with them. They make me feel like I'm giving my hair that extra oomph it deserves. And obviously, I love that all their products are 100% vegan and cruelty-free and never contain parabens or hormones. Vegamore has something for everyone looking to improve their hair health. They help you give back healthy, beautiful-looking hair without harmful chemicals. It's literally everything. And the best of all is they have a 90-day money-back guarantee. And even better, 91% of customers say they saw visibly thicker hair with Vegamore in just three months of use. Give Vegamore a try risk-free for 90 days. You're going to love them as much as I do. Go to vegamore.com mood and use code mood to save 20% on your first order. That's V-E-G-A-M-O-U-R.com slash mood, code mood to save 20% off at vegamore.com slash mood. Back to the podcast. I am curious too how you, as someone that, I know you do Dear Gabby as well, and you speak a lot, you do all this stuff of service to others and sharing your story. How do you protect your energy then? Like what are your kind of ways that you, you know, don't like hear someone's story or connect with someone and, you know, want to just fix and really take them on this journey? Mm. Like how do you kind of make sure to take a step back and protect your peace? I'll give you a real-time example. So because it's important because if we like are too empathetic and we take on all the experiences and feelings of the world, how can we show up? How can we, how could I be here with you right now? How could I serve my team? How could I be a parent to my child and elevate him and help him feel safe in the world? So I, this morning, woke up at 5.30 a.m. because my kid wanted me to put his blanket back on him. So I did that. <laughs> and then the first thought I had before I went back to sleep was check your DMs because for the last seven, now eight days, I've been direct messaging with a follower of mine who's in the Ukraine. She's in Kiev right now. And so I, I've been communicating with her and I've made a commitment to her to bring her to the U.S. God willing, she gets to safety. And our communication is really obviously quite triggering for me because this poor young woman, just like us, is in a basement with her 
fellows that she doesn't even know that live in her building and her dog and has no fucking clue how she's going to get out. And so I'm checking in on her, communicating with her, giving her hope, doing what I am committed to do every single day for as long as it takes and hopefully get her here. But I got off that DM and I was like wired, you know, just like mm, thoughts, visions, images. Blah, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. And no amount of my suffering and taking on her suffering or the suffering of Ukraine could help me help the world. Mm. So I am allowing myself to feel into it. I'm allowing myself to be present with it. I put my hand on my heart, my hand on my belly. I breathed in for two strokes, out one like this. I grounded myself. I relaxed my nervous system. I said prayers. And I gave myself permission to come back to my own inner peace, even when others are suffering. Because if I'm not at peace, how can I show up and serve? And how can I show up and support? How can I show up and inspire? How can I show up and be here with you present right now and give what I got to give so that I can help people throughout the world? So I got to take care of my container first. And so we have to be building up these practices. In the book, I share so many practices for grounding and energy protection and boundaries and all the ways that we can protect ourselves while we do this kind of work and to stay safe along the way. I love another word. I don't know what's with me in words that start with the letter P, but permission. I absolutely love that because it's so respectful and compassionate and kind to yourself. And of course, it's, you know, putting on your oxygen mask before you can put on someone else's oxygen mask. But the word permission for me really resonates and also kind of makes me inspired to give myself permission to do the work in this book because it is going to be hard and it might take me a while to get through this one, but I need to give myself permission to feel and be brave and do the hard work for the happy days. And you mentioned a lot of tools and steps, and I know you talk a lot about clinical stuff and different therapies you've done. So is there anything you can say about that before people kind of like dive into the book? Yeah. And what I also want to say to you specifically is just read the book right now. Like if it's scary to you to like have to face into these things or even do the practices, don't right now. Just read it. Open up your conscious awareness to what's possible. Come back in six months or yeah. just do the grounding breath work or do the heart hold or do the, 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 the practices in the body chapter about how to just restore your nervous system and release anxiety. But just read it and know when you feel ready in your field and your energy, or if you've hit enough of a bottom and you don't want to keep going on like that, you know where to go. You pick up the book again. Yeah. And so it's not meant to be forced upon yourself. You know, really go slow with this book. It's the kind of book you're going to come back to year after year after year, month after month, potentially. But inside the book, I share <clears throat> my spiritual healing path and as you mentioned, very many therapeutic processes. But the therapeutic processes that I was guided to are trauma healing practices that I believe are also very spiritual. Mm. So the practices that I teach in this book are and introduce in this book are somatic experiencing, which is a body-based trauma healing practice. And 
I give methods in the book that are really great for grounding your system and creating an energy of uh, serenity within. I introduce EMDR, which is eye movement desensitization and reprocessing, and it opens up bilateral brain stimulation, which helps you reprocess old traumas and undo emotional disturbances. I give a practice in the book that you can start doing right away with EMDR safely. I introduce what I'm trained in, which is internal family systems therapy, IFS, and how we, and this is your word, protectors, how we can start to build a relationship with the parts of us that are so protective, the protector parts that keep us from facing those underlying feelings and start to, to connect to those parts and start to give them some love and compassion and just say, you know what, workaholic, you're doing the best you can. And I'm going to give you a lot of love right now. And let me help you relax, right? Or you know what, overeater, you're working so hard to keep me safe. And I just respect you and love you. But maybe we could just go take a break together. And so I give these different methods in the book of how we can establish a relationship with those protector parts. And then I have the end of the book begins to the practice of reparenting yourself. Mm. And this is a big book. I mean, I put it all in there. I put it all in there, but that was, um, so that was, this is it. This is my book on trauma. Was it harder or just different to write this book since it is obviously different than the kind of ones before? This is definitely the hardest book I've ever had to write because it required, well, it's really quite beautiful story. So I have big T trauma that I've shared in the book, but I also had some small T traumas, of course, too. You know, when I was in sixth grade, a boy told me that a boy that I liked told me I was stupid. (laughs) And that one phrase, that one statement dictated my entire education. And it sent me into this belief system of I'm not smart enough. I can't excel in in math or science or anything like this. And I ended my literary education in eighth grade in English class. And I was just like, don't have it in me. So I went and I studied theater in college and just really nurtured my artistic creative capacity, but never perceived myself as someone that could really be intellectual or seen in that way or even though I'd continued writing book after book after book, I still would be like, well, you know, my best friend over here writes memoirs and she's so smart. And like, I write these self-help books and I'm just writing my own voice. And I would just feel like not giving myself any credit for my ability yeah. to learn. <laughs> and only until this journey of writing this book, because it was such a testament to my recovery and my reprocessing of old wounds, because it took a lot of my my left brain's capacity to educate myself and to to like really study the methods that I'd used in my therapy to really understand them and speak in an educated way about them and write about them in an educated way to be a translator for them. And so mm. that was this beautiful moment of being able to really exercise this new reprocessed way of being where I'm like, no, I'm really fucking smart. Like I'm going to get my doctorate. I am. Going to, you know, <laughs> we need another Dr. Bernstein in the world, you know? <laughs> And, uh, and this was, you know, and I got trained in internal family systems therapy and I am continuing my education there. And I just, just could not have even stepped into that. Not only, not only in the belief that I could, but also in my brain's capacity to do that. Because when living with unresolved trauma actually makes learning harder Mm. and, healing the trauma allowed me to really open up this this new capacity in my brain to really actually process and learn and study and get nerdy about stuff. So I'm really smart now. I, I always <laughs> was. I always had the capacity, but I just, I was traumatized and I didn't believe it. And I didn't have the 
maybe necessary um, safety within to be able to open up to those parts of myself that could go deeper. It's such a good example too, for people that, you know, do have maybe more small T trauma than big T trauma. And I am curious, because you always say to like, get curious with kind of the feelings that come in and instead of letting them, and obviously I'm not putting words in your mouth, but instead of letting them like come on to you and overtake you, kind of like ask them what's up and see what's going on. And I guess like, since I'm someone that struggles with anxiety, I know that my anxiety puts on a lot of different masks. Hmm. So is there a way to get curious that isn't, or a way for you to explain on how to get curious with those feelings coming in without like entertaining them. Can we work with no. your anxiety? Would you be willing to, to do a little demo with me? Sure. What you're saying, Lauren, is really profound because you're using IFS language without even realizing it. So no. your desire to get curious, to even ask that question, is a, is a sure line to me that you're connected to what's called self-energy. And self is the part of us that's curious and compassionate and calm. And the part of us that can even see that my anxiety has all these different layers, right? <laughs> and so I just see such a window opportunity for us in this moment to demo what IFS looks like, okay? Yeah. So we have our protectors, right? So one of your protectors is anxiety, which we're going to work with today as long as you give me some buy-in and say that feels safe for me. Yes. Yeah, okay, cool. And that anxiety is protecting something deeper, but we're not going to go to the deeper exiled parts here because that's not my job. My job is to help the anxiety today. Okay. Uh, in a therapy session with an IFS therapist, you could definitely go deeper into those exiled parts. Or if we were privately communicating, we could do that work right. together, but not here. And that's not really how I use the model. <laughs> um, but the goal is to really help that self energy that we all have within us, compassion, courage, calmness, creativity, curiosity, to be in connection with the protectors. Okay. So I'm going to ask you some questions and just open up with you to look in. So let's just start by looking in a little bit and notice what you notice. And maybe you just close your eyes if you want to and just breathe in as we start to connect to that anxiety and just notice where it lives in your body, focusing in on it. Where is it located in your body? Does it have a color? Chest for sure. Like chest and then stomach, like here to here. Anything else that you know about it? Does it have a gender? Does it have a, a an image that comes to mind? I think the first thing that comes to mind is like that it's me. Like that's mm -hmm. how real it is. Like it might be me, you know? Mm. You think it's you. Okay. Like it's so real. It's almost, I think I get anxious about who I'm supposed to be. So I play different versions of myself mm. in my head. Mm. So it's different versions of you. Okay. Beautiful. Okay. So does it have a female gender? Yes. Okay. And any other images or sounds or senses that come up when you tap into that part? I don't think so. Okay. Okay. Let me know if anything else comes up. I want to just acknowledge how brave you are right now and send a lot of love to that anxious part. Just mostly like physical. Okay. Yeah. Okay. 
If the anxiety had any proximity to you, where does it live in your body or does it live outside of your body? Where is it? Um, inside my head. Okay. Like made up scenarios. In your head. Okay. How do you feel towards the anxiety? Scared. You're scared of it. Okay. Does that anxiety know that you're here, that you're resourced, undamaged, curious part is here? Does it know that? No. Doesn't know that. Okay. Does it know that I'm here? Probably not. No. Okay. Would it be open to letting me talk to it? Yes. Okay. So Lauren's anxiety, uh, anxiety, anxious part, uh, I just want you to know that I'm really proud of you for speaking up today. And I have a tremendous amount of compassion for you and I understand you. And I'm just a little curious, you know, what do you need? What do you need right now? I'm trying to think. What does my anxiety need? Mm -hmm. Because now I'm thinking what I need. My first thought was I needed to go away. (laughs) There's a part of you that wants to run and dissociate. Can we ask that runner to just step aside for a moment? Yeah. Okay. Um, My anxiety needs everything to be perfect and presented as perfect to the world. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if the anxiety, anxiety is working really hard, isn't she? She's working so hard. Mm-hmm. If she wasn't working this hard in this extreme role, what else would she be doing? She would probably like be with me and like let me be myself. Mm. Do you have any images or visuals of what it means to be yourself and what that feels like? Just like, honestly, kind of childlike and just more, just not like worried, almost like, yeah, I like see myself just kind of like dancing, having a good time, just being myself. Perfect. Yes. Perfect. Is there a place where you can see yourself dancing? Like, is there an actual space that you're dancing in and being yourself? I mean, I just saw, like, when I thought of it, I just saw myself dancing in the living room, literally right (laughs) across from me. Awesome. Beautiful. Okay. (laughs) Would you be comfortable inviting that that anxious part to come dance with you? Whoa, that's weird. I mean, yeah. Okay. Just take a moment and just visualize. Just even close your eyes for a moment, Lauren. Just give yourself this 30 seconds to just see what it would feel like and look like to bring her into the living room and, and dance with her. And anything that comes to mind you can share with me. The first thing that came to mind right away was right when we started dancing, I started punching her. <laughs> oh. Like I always think of like getting your anxiety out through like working out, you know? Okay, but not literally punching her. No, just like, playful. like working playful out. Exercise. Yeah, like playful, like cool. Okay. Exercise. You guys are having some fun together. Okay. And then I was like, come on, dance. Great. Like, okay. Yeah. Okay. How does that feel in your body right now when you think about just like moving and playing with her and dancing with her? It's definitely like emotional, Mm -hmm. but I'm really, really good at not crying. Okay. You don't have to cry. You can cry if you want. 
whatever's safe for you. No, yeah, it definitely feels like that kind of word of permission mm -hmm. and relief. Yeah, like relief and permission and just like being able to visualize it like as myself, but also inviting myself in because I struggle with like liking myself, loving myself. And so seeing myself also as anxiety and then having her join me hmm. was like this also like self-love acceptance permission as well as like dancing with my own anxiety. Yeah. If that makes sense. It, it all makes complete sense. And it's absolutely beautiful what you're saying. Uh, Lauren, do you feel comfortable making a contract with the anxious part that when you notice her whenever possible, you could invite her to the living room to dance with you? Yeah, I actually really like that. Yeah. Do you want to like silently or out loud say, yeah, when we're when I notice you, I'll bring you in to make that contract with her. When I notice you, I'll bring you in. Nice. How does she feel knowing that? A little more chill, yeah. not gonna lie. It's <laughs> a little bit more chill, right? Yeah, like definitely. Yeah. Kind of like sitting, just waiting to dance when we need to. That's right. That's right. You nailed it, girl. That's it. That was crazy. <laughs> that was absolutely insane. And what I've been doing lately too is kind of like realizing how much stuff is the trauma is living it physically in my body, obviously. Mm -hmm. And so that it really did like I almost feel like a cool sense like feel coolness in, in your body and relief. Yeah, like in my body, like yeah. actual physical relief yeah, as well. That's right. That's right. That's right. So what we just did that was so fucking beautiful was and you're you were just right in with me. Thank you for your bravery. I want to thank the anxious part for her bravery and thank your self-energy for all that courage and compassion and just curiosity and creativity to dance and all that. What we did was we connected yourself, your undamaged resource self, your higher self, your inner guidance system, the truth of who you are with the anxious part. You are not your anxiety. She's a part of you. She's a protector. And we let her know that you're there. We introduced her to you, to self. Mm. And we brought her to a fun place. We retrieved her and said, let's go dance. And in that place of retrieval, she could relax. She could be doing something so much more profound than being on edge, right? Mm -hmm. And so now you have a direct line from self to anxious part. And you can just talk to her that way. And self-energy is these C qualities, right? So courage, calm, connected, curious, which was your word you used, creative, which is what you tapped into, committed, connected, right? And so all these different qualities that we bring forth to these parts allows them to settle. That's a big step. It's a huge step to just, when you're ready, getting closer and closer to the parts that need to be really retrieved, those young child parts, right? But that's 100%. That's, that's going to come later. That's going to come in therapy. That's going to come through doing the work in this book. That's, that's, that's a slow, steady process. But what we did today was huge. I mean, literally crazy. I'm obsessed and I feel like it was almost like the perfect kind of way to to be like leave me wanting more and leave me now with your book happy days where i'm sure i'm going to learn even more stuff that is going to blow my mind and i just i genuinely can't thank you enough from the bottom of my heart for making the time to come on the podcast and share 
everything from your wisdom to just doing that with me on the podcast. It like made my entire year. So thank you. Lauren, my sister, I'm here for you. Okay. I'm here for you. Thank you so much. Keep going, girl. It's really beautiful. You're so young and you're getting to this now. God bless you. Wow. Thank you guys so much for listening to that current mood combo. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed recording it. I hope you enjoyed the whole episode. And if you do, please make sure to subscribe, send it to a friend who you think needs a mood boost and leave a nice review because it would boost mine and your mood. Follow us on Instagram at mood with Lauren Elizabeth. You can keep up with me at Lauren Elizabeth on all platforms. And I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.